The Chris Perillo Show is brought to you by Microsoft Windows Media. Download Windows Media Player 10 at Microsoft.com slash Windows Media. So I think we've got Steve queued up in the uh, in voice pulse, or I guess in the asterisk server. And uh, so, Jake, are you ready to you try this? Yep, we'll give it a shot here. Okay. <laughs> it lets another page know that you've updated. So we're going to try this again. Uh, looks like we've got him back in the queue, Jake. Okay. Steve? Hello. Steve? Do I, yes, Chris. Do I still sound underwater? Uh, yeah, but it sounds marginally better. Marginally. Well, we're 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 routing all these funky cables around to trying to get the the audio to work. So thank you for your patience. So what are you doing? What are we doing? Well, we're doing the live Chris Perillo show, and uh, this uh-huh. is the, this is the first night that we've been able to to actually work with the phone line. And, and get cool. calls to come in. Unfortunately, we're not doing like live calls where I'm able to answer questions like I used to because the call screening function isn't exactly as streamlined as, it, as it's going to be in the near future. So I was hoping to ask you just it's, it's just one specific question, then we can let you go, um, or you know you can spend as much time here as you want. Attention.xml. I I I, I read you know a, a few things that you've written about it, uh, but can you explain what it is? In, I don't know if, you, uh, if it's a nutshell well, thing or if you can just kind of set it up for people. Well, you know, when you uh, when you read uh, blogs, uh, do you use a newsreader of some type? Yes. What? I use NewsGator, which is the one okay, that well, wraps within Outlook. Yeah, no, I, I'm familiar with uh, Greg Reiniger's tool. It's a, it's a great product if you like Outlook, which I don't. Um, but, uh, you know, let's take, uh, as an example, uh, I don't think that Greg is yet supporting, uh, uh, attention, but I believe he's, uh, agreed to do so. So, uh, hats off to, to Greg for doing that. But, uh, when you're going through, uh, the various feeds and the items within those feeds, uh, there are certain characteristics, uh, of your usage pattern. Uh, you know, which you read first, in what order, uh, and, uh, you know, which channels and which items within channels you read, uh, and for how long. So, fundamentally, attention.xml is an XML uh, feed that describes the usage patterns of uh, reading uh, XML or RSS information. Will it make it easier then to digest multiple feeds from multiple sources? Say again, you broke up. Sure, and I'll try to I'll try to speak a, a little slower to clarify. Um, will attention.xml allow me to more easily read or digest information from a variety of resources or a variety of feeds? Well, yeah. I- you know, if you uh, what I was first describing was just sort of the uh, uh, atomic level of the data that's recorded. Uh, once you know, I mean, all of this is about the second order of magnitude of uh, RSS information routing that's uh, starting to occur as people uh, switch over from a, a web-based, uh, a browser-based model to an RSS uh, reader or a consumption pattern. Uh, 
So instead of going from, I mean, essentially what is happening is you're going from uh, the old uh, Newton Minow 500 channels of garbage, you're going to uh, a million channels of interesting material. So uh, the information overload starts to accelerate dramatically because uh, in, instead of going to multiple websites only to find that there's nothing there or nothing new there, uh, the website is essentially uh, notifying you via RSS of the fact that there is new content. And the subscriptions that you accumulate start to add up to this overwhelming amount of information, much of it uh, interesting and important information. So uh, if you take the who you read in what order and for how long you read, that information, which is essentially the information that attention.xml records, and use that to uh, you know send that out to the cloud to uh, you know to a stream of servers that can, in the case of companies like Technorati or Feedster or Bloglines or uh, Rojo, etc., uh, take that information and use it to infer. Uh, the uh, importance of that content, or of the content that's that's uh, visible to you, but you know, according to the the person that's doing this. And what I mean by that is not just the information that I send out on my attention feed, but the uh, feeds, uh, the attention feeds of people who I'm interested in. So if uh, I listen to Dave Weiner and Chris Perillo and uh, Doc Searles and John Udell, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, though what they in turn are interested in and and, and listen to, uh, and you know, notice that I'm saying both read and listen, uh, because uh, the potosphere is now starting to uh, have an impact on the same uh, uh, metadata feed that what they are interested in and what the people who are interested in the same things that I'm interested in and that my thought leaders, if you will, are interested in, all of that can wait and inform the results that are then passed back along the attention stream back into my information router and resort, reprioritize, reorder uh, the information so that I have a better chance of reading the stuff that's interesting to me and to the people that I'm interested in uh, during the window of opportunity that I have to absorb information. Steve, how many feeds do you read on, let's say, a daily basis? And I'm not saying how many feeds you have in your aggregator. Just how many feeds do you religiously, you must read before you go to bed? Well, I'm not a religious guy, but um, <laughs> uh, I would say that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I subscribe to probably uh, 600, 700 feeds that, uh, you know, I mean, I, there are many feeds that I subscribe to, like you know, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the uh, CNET, uh, you know, these so-called news feeds where uh, I often don't get to them uh, as a feed, but I absorb the, you know, sort of, I scrape the cream of those feeds off because I'm pointed to them by these people in my authority model. 
So, uh, you know, the people that I read every day without fail are people like Dave Weiner. I mean, I've already, you know, listed them, and you know, sure. you can, you can, uh, it, many of them are A-list, uh, uh, you know, bloggers, but they're A-list uh, for a number of different reasons. You know, A-list in the sense of uh, like Scoble, you know, Scoble's Link Blog, which is a sort of, uh, uh, you know, Lake Erie of uh, information, uh, but it has many interesting characteristics to me. It's often about RSS. It's almost completely about RSS. Uh, he tracks various people, including myself, that are interested in certain things, so he acts as a kind of a filter for me. So there are these kind of uber-filter blogs and RSS feeds that I consume, uh, people like, uh, uh, what's this guy's name, um, uh, Roland uh, Tanglio. For oh, example. from uh, Canada. Yeah, and I met him uh, at a conference a, a few weeks ago for the first time, uh, but I've been religiously following his blog because he's so clueful about uh, interesting you know, themes and issues that, you know, obviously he's... I think he's so clueful because he frequently comments about me. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I so, I think he'll actually be doing Gnome decks this year too. Really? Yes. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's you know a, kind of uh, a canary in a mine shaft for my uh, attention uh, metadata, and there are a number of people who have that function in my uh, sort of universe, and, and then there are people you know like uh, the Tim Brays and the. Uh, some of the new analysts like Stephen O'Grady and uh, uh, James Governor of Redmonk, who are starting to get into the blog space and you know essentially building out their brands in the in the blogosphere and the and hopefully the podosphere uh, that uh, are you know essentially fellow travelers of mine in the uh, commentary and uh, analyst space. You and know- then there are. People like uh, yourself and uh, uh, you know John uh, uh, Battelle, and you know on and on. There are there are people who cross over between these various disciplines. You know, part commentator, part filter, part uh, rabble rouser. In your case, you know. Well, yeah, I I think I understand. In fact, uh, I, I I. in, in doing what we're doing right now, we're trying to push the envelope of of the world of of podcasting. And the Chris Perillo show can be considered a podcast in the sense that we're going to take this live stream, which isn't a podcast because it's a live stream, um, but we're going to take this and then we're going to upload it and we're going to put it online. And where we're kind of pushing the envelope is that we're using – you're actually speaking over a VoIP network, a voice over IP solution that's not Skype. Um, we're going to be able to take multiple calls in a show, a, a produced like a live show, um, and, and like answer questions. And this is not something that I've really seen done in any podcast that's out there. Yeah, what you're doing is, uh, you know, another example of leveraging the hive kind of mind. Uh, and you know that that I think is the fundamental reality of of all these technologies uh, and uh, opportunities is the ability to, I mean, you know, Ray Ozzie uh, on the Gilmore Gang a few months ago was talking about this, uh, the whole, what he calls swarming uh, in the groove uh, environment where 
uh, you see the presence indication of people uh, that are in your work groups uh, popping up and bubbling up on the network. And as they do, you bring them into conversations, and conversations morph into larger or smaller or more targeted conversations. This is a very powerful model, and uh, what you're doing uh, sounds like it's, uh, you know, another avenue for tying together the, you know, the the fundamentals of voice over IP and, uh, uh, you know, just the the whole IP IPization uh, of the uh, communications media and uh, technology networks, which are all converging into uh, one large. Uh, a very powerful uh, environment. Well, I can tell you it hasn't been easy to get to this point. It's taken us about <laughs> three weeks of, of, of assembling uh, various and sundry details in the background just to get to the point where we're able to coordinate uh, the calls to come through. As You talked to Ponzi when you called in. She transferred you to our, our um, I don't know what you'd call it, a board or a bridge, and then I pulled you in from the bridge uh, onto the air, and then Jake switched the audio over. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of technicalities behind the scenes that you normally wouldn't have, uh, but it's something that we thought for our show to stand out even more, uh, we'd want to do. Well, you know, I I can't wait to hear the results of this uh, because uh, you sound like you're uh, Captain Nemo. But, you I know, that's. I guarantee when you hear this, it'll sound ten thousand percent better. I promise well, you. That's good. So who else is on your show? Who have you talked to today? Well, we've got uh, Tom Pohl uh, was an individual who uh, helped us get it set up. We're running on his asterisk server, so we talked to him up at the front of the show, and he was explaining how um, their iSpot networks, uh, they've got these like free Wi-Fi networks. Uh, 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 they primarily based in the Midwest, but anybody could set up iSpot access in their city or town and give it to users for free, and it's based on a sponsorship model. So it's an interesting way. I would just as soon go that route than the T-Mobile Starbucks route where you pay, what is it, 30 bucks a month or you have to sign up for a year service. Uh, Tom's particular iSpot access network is free for users. You literally just open the laptop, you you sign in, and you're online. You know, there's no credit card information that's transferred at all. I think that's the way Wi-Fi should be. Well, so, you know, the, the uh, one of the things that I think is really causing uh, tremendous disruption is, uh, you know, the, for example, what Google is starting to do, not getting into the uh, discussion about Autolink, which I think uh, Dave Weiner and others are handling quite well, but uh, the, the emergence of essentially a, a new Internet operating system around IP and, uh, and web-based solutions uh, is, you know, the, the stalking horse, if you will, for uh, uh, a, uh, an advertiser-based or a sponsorship-based office uh, product uh, of the type that I think is going to cause Microsoft to finally come off of their uh, walled garden approach and actually join the join the party, at least I well, uh, I've been re- recommending that. I can tell you and, that well, this particular this particular show is sponsored by Microsoft, and I know that internal discussions. There are certain people inside of Microsoft who get it; they really understand, you know. And I think Robert yeah, Scoble is one of them. Oh well, absolutely, Robert's one of them, but. Uh, 
uh, you know, just as importantly, uh, I agree with you. Uh, there are, uh, I believe, I've seen some indication in recent weeks. I got some email from uh, Charles Fitzgerald, for example, who is, uh, a, you know, a very powerful person inside Microsoft and who is clearly paying attention to the blogosphere now in a way that I find uh, particularly uh, important. Uh, what he has to say about that is uh, about the specific issue that he was uh, talking with me about. I don't necessarily agree with, but I think that it's extremely important that attention is now being paid on their part to uh, uh, to some of uh, of the uh, transformations that are being affected by technologies like the one that you're talking about with iSpot. This is uh, inevitable that it is going to. Uh, you know, free is always better than uh, you know, even the smallest amount of money. Yeah. And uh, and and to me, what this really fundamentally underlines is the fact that um, uh, we as users have a fundamental intellectual capital that we uh, need to understand is very powerful and valuable, namely our attention. And if we can. Uh, produce attention metadata and essentially trade it for access to information and services, then uh, that pool of information and data in an open format, which is what attention.xml is, around the network can produce uh, tremendous benefits for uh, the kind of long tail marketing that's starting to emerge. So I think that there's, uh, you know, a great synergy between all of these uh, technologies and uh, the users understanding that what they do and what they're interested in is very valuable information to advertisers, but it's also valuable to themselves as a as a you know new coin of the realm with which they can uh, monetize. Uh, their you know, search for information. Well, I can tell you another individual who uh, I, I believe is clued into the conversation is Sean Alexander. And if you're not familiar with Sean, uh, he's pretty involved with uh, like uh, the media center stuff. Uh, he's actually started a flick, Flickr group uh, for people who have like media center setups. And I'm talking specifically the media center edition 2005. And Sean will be joining us on the program tonight as well. And he's from Microsoft. He works at Microsoft. I don't know his exact title, his official title, but we've had conversations in the past where he wants me to kind of help spread the spread the good word to explain to people, you know, on the inside of, of that corporate machine, um, to explain to them that Scoble isn't insane, at least in the way that most people think he is. Well, I mean, Robert is clearly out of his mind, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's. He's a, his mind is a is a very uh, good mind. He's uh, he's learning a lot. I mean, I've known Robert for a long time. Uh, we used to work for, uh, for Jim Fawcett together back in uh, in the nineties, and uh, he's uh, you know he's obviously becoming extremely well uh, you know informed in terms of the kinds of corporate infrastructure in a modern technology age. But he also brings a passion for RSS that uh, is, you know, unmatched except with people like myself and you and those of us who, uh, a few years ago, when everybody thought we were crazy, were starting to scream RSS every third word. <laughs> well, now we're at a point in time where uh, you've got your buttons that say RSS and 
Roger's going to be writing a book that's going to be about RSS, and uh, you know we're all maturing. But in the same way that when we were you know yelling about RSS and people were looking at us like we were nuts, uh, and now we're starting to yell about pod- podcasting and attention, and people think we're nuts. We're not nuts. We're right. We were right then, and we're going to be right again. Yep. In fact, we're going to be uploading an RSS ebook uh, pretty soon to our website, and I think uh, Jake is actually working on a podcasting ebook too to kind of help proselytize, you know, to make it a little more legitimate in people's eyes. It seems that unless they read it, they they just don't get it. Unless they see it, they just don't get it. So uh, you know, I've heard some rumors about uh, about another gnome dex. Uh, uh, <laughs> are you in a position to talk about this yet? Um, boy, I hope. I hope Ponzi is listening right now because right now she's painting her nails is what she tells me by I am. <laughs> and uh, she um, – uh, I, I think – So the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> I could be in trouble, but I can, I can tell you that it's, it's late June. It will – if I can get some uh, – hang on. Let me see if I can find the calendar here, and I can tell you – oh, wait. Hold on. No, I'm getting no's. Okay. What was that, hon? I heard, she just she was just screaming. She's like, "Not yet." So unfortunately, no. But okay, so, it, it'll be soon uh, because well, just, I mean, if you search the internet, <laughs> there are some clues. To yes, there are some clues. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to whatever it is yes. that isn't uh, yet about to happen. It, 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 and and uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I better leave it there because otherwise, I'll be sleeping on the couch again. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for well, your. T- I'm, I have been sleeping on the couch for years. So. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we should start a club. <laughs> quite comfortable. <laughs> well, thanks for your time, Steve. We really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thanks for the invitation. I'll look forward. Send me some uh, email or I am and tell me uh, yeah. where I can find this. I want to hear what the quality sounds like. No problem. Thanks again, Steve. Take care. You too. That was uh, Steve Gilmore, and uh, we were doing that live uh, and uh, doing it over the, the VoIP network that we've got set up. And Steve recently uh, did uh, the Gilmore Gang um, on IT Conversations. It's on hiatus, and I wasn't sure if I could ask that question of Steve at, at this point in time. He hasn't really been forthcoming into, into why it's on hiatus. Um, but, you know, that being said, Steve is also blogging Steve Gilmore's Info Router, and you can just search for his name, Steve Gilmore, uh, G-I-L-L-M-O-R. There's no E at the end, and yes, he is Dan's brother, and Dan is, is in my opinion, pretty much quite the opposite of Steve. I, I, I can picture them well as brothers because they are just – I don't think you could get, you know, more opposite than Dan and Steve. I, that's just that's just my opinion, and I've seen them in the same room together. They are different individuals. So let's take a, a quick break here, Jake, and uh, drop in uh, another piece of audio. And when we come back, we should be hearing from Sean Alexander. He'll be calling in. Uh, he is, by the way, his official title is Group Product Manager of Windows Longhorn. So... <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting conversation. He was recently a, a GPM uh, of, of Windows XP Media Center Edition, and I think GPM could either stand for one of two things, General Product Manager or General Program Manager. And I, I, I believe that was just Group Product Manager. There we go. I was, I was wrong on both counts. That, and you have it spelled out for you right in front of you in your IM client in the previous sentence. Well, it says Group Product Manager and then GPM. 
That, that's short for group product management. Right. Well, apparently it is. I, I'm sorry, GPM, GSM, all these acronyms flying around. So, Sean, go ahead and call in. Ponzi will take your call, and we'll put you onto the board and start talking about all the things that may have happened today or about to happen. The Chris Perillo Show is brought to you by Microsoft Windows Media. Download Windows Media Player 10 at Microsoft.com slash Windows Media. <laughs> 